Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 63, week 63, volume 63, number fucking 63. How you going, guys? How's your week been? Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest is Andrew from I Am, and that will be coming up later in the show. This week, we didn't have a lot of feedback or questions, but we did get told that everyone was stoked that Anthony from After the Burial was a guest on the show. Anthony was on episode 62, so make sure you delve back after this episode. Go back and have a listen in case you missed it. Now, as we mentioned last week and we have over the last couple of weeks, are you a part of the Mosh Zone community group? That is on our Facebook page. Make sure you join up there. It's an open forum for discussion, feedback, questions. It's an inviting place for anyone of any musical tastes, as long as it's guitar-driven. Make sure you're joining the Mosh Zone community, guys. Help us grow this community. Something else that happened this week that you may or may not have noticed, the Mosh Zone now has a playlist, or a couple of playlists, actually, on Spotify. We have the Mosh Zone guest list. This playlist features songs from all of our guests we've had on the show, so make sure you're following and getting into that playlist. It's got over 200 songs so far, and it will be growing with new songs each week with each new guest. The other playlist we've got going on is called The Mosh Zone Cranked. That is your place for all the hottest, newest music that is going down in the heavy music scene. Enough of my back and forth, enough of my rambling, let's get on to the part of the show that we're all tuned in for. This week I got a chat with Andrew of Texas Bruises I Am. Thank you so much Andrew for taking time out for me and the Mosh Zone. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. It's a really exciting, interesting chat. We get to discuss everything about his upbringing, everything about the band. Some little things that sometimes I think people forget, which is like about having a career outside your band. Really exciting, really intriguing, as I said. And that chat with Andrew is coming up now. I always kind of start off with, do you remember the band or how old you were when you first discovered music? It doesn't have to be a heavy band, but do you remember the artist that made your ears peak and you go, oh, there's this thing called music now? Um... Not necessarily like music in general. I, I, I remember first time hearing like uh, like heavy music. Yeah, for sure. I remember that. But in general music, no, nah, I, don't, I don't remember like a specific time. So what was what was the heavy band then that made you? Uh, the main like, like obviously like I'd, I'd been like listening to like Metallica and like Slayer and like stuff like that from my dad. But uh, like the first kind of like core S band I heard was uh, Demon Hunter. Wow. My dad, yeah, my dad was obsessed with them. And then I'd, I could go to his house every summer in Kansas. And uh, he had this CD, and I'd just sit there and sneak into his room and play it. And I thought it was the sickest thing ever. I couldn't, I was like, what is this shit? I was like, I, I've never heard something <laughs> like this before. So, so I mean, you, you were saying Metallica and Slayer and that beforehand. What, what yeah. drew you to that kind of music? Was it the rebellious side? Was it the aggression? Was it the energy? I mean, my my dad always, you know, listened to that. He he played in bands his whole life, so like, I was always I was you know accustomed to it at a young age. And then my mom was always into like grunge bands, so I was always into that. And then I think 
as like like when I got in my teenage years, like early teens, I for sure like I got way into it because of like how uh, outlandish it was, you know, like how crazy, you know, how crazy they looked, you know, because like a uh, main one was like Marilyn Manson. Like I loved Marilyn Manson because he didn't give a fuck about like what anybody thought. And like, I thought that was the coolest shit ever. Cause like, I feel like when I was younger, I kind of cared a lot about like what people thought. And then like, when I, as I started listening to more and more and seeing these people in their, their presence, I was like, man, these people got, they got something that I don't, I want it. You know, it it is that it's that sense of, um, you can be yourself no matter what you are. Yeah. Um, just like to let loose and not give a fuck, you know? Yeah. And so, so you're saying that with your mum and dad, there was obviously music in the household. So yeah, all the time was instruments, any part of your upbringing was instruments <laughs> in the family. Yeah. yeah. My dad, my dad plays guitar. He actually has, uh, oh, hold on one sec. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my dad actually is missing like, uh, part of his thumbs or part of his fingers right here. And he plays guitar, and I was, I was like, man, like, how do you do that? And so he was like, here, here, I'll teach you. And then he bought me this tiny little Flying V guitar, little Ibanez one when I was, I was young. I don't even remember what age. But I was so frustrated learning it that, like, after <laughs> the first, like, two months, I was like, Dad, I can't do this no more. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I learned a couple things on guitar, but I didn't, like, learn, learn, you know? Mm. So... So, and then I actually just bought a keyboard that I'm trying to learn how to play right now. So wow, respect yeah. there. That that's a bit of a change up from uh, yeah <laughs> from, from yeah. guitars and vocals. Yeah, that's a bit different. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, so during high school years, are you you know are you kind of an outsider? Are you associating yourself as an alternative kid, or are you kind of in with everyone? No, I was I was for sure like an outsider i didn't want to be a part of like any any of the normie kids at school you know because like in middle school i was i was way into sports like like that was like i loved it and then i got into skateboarding and then with music on top of that i was like you know fuck sports like i don't want to do it just to <laughs> rebel you know just to be like yeah like i'm a skateboarder you know like fuck all you guys <laughs> and so i was like the first kid at my middle school to wear skinny jeans to wow. school yeah i was the first one to wear like like man and uh i got a lot of shit for it i'd paint my nails and then i had uh i did black eyeliner a couple of times and like i'd get sent to the principal's office for stupid shit like they took okay they i used to have a lincoln park hoodie and then i had a slipknot hoodie mm -hmm. and they took both of those hoodies because they said they were inappropriate for school and i never got them back never got yeah. them back Never got them back. Yeah. What? Shoot. Fucking stupid. Like, I can kind of see with maybe yeah. the Slipknot because it might have had a pentagram, but, I mean, I don't think the Lincoln Park would have been very that's what, Yeah, that, that's the one I was most bugged about because I was like, why? They're like, cool, because they cuss in their songs. I'm like, bitch, get yep. out of here. Like, <laughs> wow. one curse word in the whole album ain't going to hurt, you know? So what What was your school like? Was it very conservative, obviously? Uh, No, not really. Honestly, because I, I grew up in the more uh, less wealthy part uh, in the, my town. And uh, there's a lot of a lot of Hispanics, a lot of like lower income people. And so, you know, it wasn't really I never really knew about like 
conservative or liberal or any of that kind of stuff. So, I mean, if I were to say it, it was way more liberal mm. than I would think, you know, as a kid, you know, I don't really, I'm not really paying attention to Oh, sorry. That kind of stuff. But yeah. Um, so was, was music a consideration for a career when you were growing up or is that something that you kind of started to develop into later on? Uh, that was, man, I feel like that was probably within the, like the last maybe four years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it would never like, like, yeah, it's always kind of like, like, oh yeah, that'd be cool. Like, that'd be cool to do that. But like in the last four years, it was like, okay, like this could happen. Like I could do this. Like, you know, like this is what I want to do, you know? So like, I, yeah, yeah. It developed a little later in life for me. So, I mean, you mentioned before I started recording is that, you know, you do guttering work. So was that what you jumped out of high school into or was there something else? No, no, yeah, I worked at, um, when I was six, because I was 16, I got a job at Taco Bell. I worked Mm -hmm. there for three years and then, because I I moved out of the house when I was 16 also. And so I was like, okay, I can't really support myself or my girl on this, so I went started doing carpet cleaning, and then I went from that to cleaning pools, and then from that to trade show work, and then from that to now gutters. Wow. So, yeah, I just tried to do a bunch of trade stuff, man, because I, I figured, you know, the more trades you learn, the less you'll be out of a job at any time, you know? Well, that's also part of the reality that some listeners mightn't realize is that, you know, unless you reach a level of Metallica and Slayer and these kind of bands people that are in bands need income. Um, oh, yeah. And it's oh, quite yeah. important to have that backing behind yourself so that if the band suddenly ends tomorrow, you have a way to keep yourself stable. Yeah, for sure. I, I It was weird to me realizing that, like, a couple of years back, too, that a lot of the bands that, like, I looked up to and I thought were huge, they, you know, I'm sorry, they still have, you know, full-time jobs at home. You know, that was that was surprising to me. Well, not only that, but the, you need a job to be able to tour and make albums and all of that because yeah. unless you, I mean, in the industry now, we don't get the financial backings for bands to go and make that massive album. A lot of it is out of oh, your yeah. pocket. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So you're saying, you know, so you're doing all this stuff and in probably like the last four or so years kind of, that's when I Am started appearing on the scene to say um were there bands for you before then or was that is that the first thing that you did yeah no i am was the first and only thing i've done wow so how did it all well i had i had a little it was a band before that for like a year or two but we played a couple shows like maybe and most of like those members we started a new band with i am so so first First thing, why vocals? What made you want to be a vocalist? Oh, because I couldn't play instruments. Mm. <laughs> I couldn't play an instrument. And then it was funny because the band I was trying to join was my friends. They were starting this band. They were playing. And so their vocalist at the time got sent to Juvie for like a couple months. And they were like, hey, like, what are we going to do? And I was like, Hey, I'll I'll fill in for him while he's gone, you know, or something. And so I tried out, and they liked it. And then he came back, and they're like, "Oh, sorry, like he's he's, he's back." Yeah. So you obviously it was kind of through you know 
choice of nothing else you can do, so you're going to do vocals, but how do you go about starting with aggressive vocals? Because aggressive vocals aren't something that every Tom, Dick and Harry can do, and it takes quite a bit of learning, um, takes a lot of skill. So how did you start the process of becoming an extreme vocalist, if you want to call it? Yeah. Um, I struggled for a while, honestly. I remember when I first started doing vocals, I would – I had rock band on PS2 <laughs> and I figured, I figured out if you press pause while you were in the middle of a song, you could still use the microphone what? and have like playing in the background. Yeah. So I would use the microphone with the TV speakers and just play music off of like my stereo. And that's how I would practice a lot. Wow. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty crazy. But yeah, I feel like, it probably hadn't been to the last like five years to where I really started. I was like, okay, like I need to, I need to figure out how to do this, do it right, do it well. So I'm not fucking myself up every time, but it was, it took a while. Honestly, I feel like for me to develop like my own sound and my, you know, the way I do it and, you know, something that works for me. Cause it's, it's so different from everybody else. Mm. You know, I've had, I've had other people ask me, you know, like, how do I, do this or how do I do vocals? I was like, man, I can't tell you. I was like, I was like, that's something you got to figure out on your own. Like, I feel like there's no, like everybody does it different. Everybody has their own thing, you know? So, I mean, did you have, when you started out, was there a certain vocalist that you really, um, I looked up to and saw as an icon and you're like, if I can achieve what they're achieving, then I'm yeah. on my way. Yeah, for sure. That was a David from a job for a cowboy. Oh, sure. fuck. That was, yeah. yeah, that was like, I mean, it still is. That's, you know, always will be my favorite vocalist. And he's, everything he did was insane. You know, he was just top notch. Him and Nick Arthur from Molotov. Mm -hmm. And then Nate Johnson when when he was in Fit for an Autopsy. But yeah. Wow. So quite, quite, quite extreme style vocals. Because did you. I mean, if you look at your vocals, I'd say your vocals are more on the low end register, and I don't mean that in a bad way. So, were you yeah. were you trying at first to um, be that death metal style vocalist? Was it all about the high screams, the high squeals? Uh, no, no, I I really I don't even remember the last time I've done a high scream. I can't even do those no more. But <laughs> but yeah, I was never I was never really like interested in those. I was always interested in getting like really good tone mm. with vocals because i feel like there's a lot of good you know screamers there's a lot of good vocalists out there but their tones are just kind of weird mm. you know so that's something i tried to work on a lot and uh it was de definitely like tried to get the low side of it and a lot of death metal has really good of that you know so that's what i was trying to trying to achieve right there so you know it was around was it around 2014 or 2015 when i am started uh, no, I am started around 2011. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. We started. We played shows for like a year, and then we stopped the band for like a year and a half because uh, some dude came in with a guitar saying, "Like, let's start a new band." And we're like, "All right, sure," because you know we were all kids. You know, we didn't care, and so started that. That didn't work out. And then we're like, "All right, well, let's just go back to I am," and that was like. 2000, you know, 13, 14, and then we started writing for uh, Memento Mori, and that was our mm. first release in 2000, 
15. Uh, first like, main release in 2000. Was that 15, I think? Yeah, yeah. 2015. So, I mean, before um, Memento Mori came out, were were you guys playing a lot of shows? Were you really on the grind locally? Were you, you were you out there? I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like just like local shows, though. We had uh, we had done one tour before. That was our first tour. It was a uh, two by four. But uh, yeah, we had just like written Memento Mori. We hadn't like recorded it, and uh, it was just a little you know Texas run with some outside states like right outside of it. But it was a small little thing, but. Yeah, we'd never done anything major before that, you know, just some small local shows and, you know, some touring packages that came through we'd play. So, I mean, part of with a lot of bands when they're coming up, it's quite essential to have something to show people what you're about. So were you finding before the EP it was a lot of hard work to get a show and after the EP came out it was a bit easier to get a show? Oh yeah, wait, yeah. It was. Uh, we were always that band that was like opening, like on any show. It did like it didn't matter what it was. We were always the opener show, opening band, and so I feel like it took it took a while for us to, you know, break out. Which I think it was because of Memento Mori that kind of broke us from that that local. Like okay, it's just another local band, you know. I feel like that broke us out of that shell. And that was like, okay, this band, they got something, you know? And so that's, I think that's when we started to really pick up heat, especially around locally. So, I mean, there was, there was about a two year gap between that EP and then Life Through Torment. So Mm -hmm. during that period, uh, is the momentum for the band starting to really pick up? Are you starting to get a few more outside Texas shows? Are you you know, pushing pushing the boundaries a bit more, seeing more people turn up, uh, better merch sales, things like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was when we started doing some more touring. And I, re- I remember because we did a tour uh, for Memento Mori, a release tour for it, and we had played, uh, you know, it was a full U.S. tour, and uh, it was the first time we'd ever gone, like, at any of those places. And there was kids like screaming our lyrics and like hanging out and like you know decent amount of kids at shows i was like man this is this is crazy to me like i like i, I couldn't believe it because i was like i was like we're just a like small little band from texas that you know i didn't think much would come from it but that was i think that was where it really started to pick up you know that that first album life through torment that i mentioned as well that that's when it seemed like you guys kind of you were gaining a lot of attention. It kind of felt like you exploded in a way on the scene in America mainly. Um, but you know, we were, you'd see tour posters and there you guys would be on the list. There would be, I am in this big tour package going on. Um, it seemed like a lot of people that were into the style of music were recommending you to other people. Um, how was that period around 2017 for you guys? That was that was the most insane period because that was where that was where we went from like uh, a local band that would tour like once a year to a touring band. You know, we were touring a lot. Now I'll say uh, last year, like before Hard to Kill was released, we toured six months out of the year, and then you know before that it was probably about five. You know, so it's like we our lives changed a lot 
it went from, yeah, it went from, you know, us working mostly and playing shows to us playing shows mostly and then working when we just had time to get home, you know. So that changed a lot and it opened up our eyes a lot too because it made us like, it made us feel good, you know, because like we were getting off, we're getting offers, you know, where, you know, people are giving a shit. So it's like, you know, we're feeling good. We got some momentum going. We're trying to get shit done, you know. The, and the interesting thing with the way you guys have been going musically was I am, you know, for lack of a better word, felt very beat down, breakdown heavy. And then your new album, Hard to Kill, felt a lot more riff driven. Um, it's still, yeah. still got all the elements that you guys are having in your sound, but it feels a lot more groove and riff element. Um, has there been... Uh, a transition with the reception from crowds like are people still on board with what you're doing or are some people saying oh we prefer it when you just beat down for four minutes yeah that was that was a big thing uh actually whenever we released hard to kill and i i knew it happened but i feel like if if someone who had listened to life through torment and then listened to hard to kill and they're still saying that that like why did you they think we changed a lot or they think why why did you change your sound i feel like they didn't really listen to life through torment because life through torment like it had elements of you know what we got now what we got going and i felt like it was a great transition into it it was a big one it was it, it was a big leap but it was definitely a transition and you know we've always been a band that we write whatever we want you know like mm. we've never fit in like we've never fit in anywhere we've never fit into a genre we've never fit in to a show we've never fit in you know anywhere where we've always been the outcast or the one that's just different and so you know i feel like with hard to kill especially it's like it's like yeah we're even more different now you know we're even you know i feel like it's either you like it or you don't like it you know? Well, I think I think you can see some maturity, and I think that's a good yeah. way. I mean, Life Through yeah. Torment also had some, at moments, new metal feelings to it. Um, mm -hmm. And now that they're kind of being replaced with a bit more of a southern groove to it, um, I think what you guys have done, which I think is strange that people would react negatively for, is I think you guys have shown that you won't just keep doing the same album every time because you yeah. easily could have just done a life through torment 2.0. Yeah. And I, and that would have, that would have worked out great, mm. but that's not what, that's not what we're about. We're, we're trying to push, we're trying to push the limit, you know, see how far we can take a core S band, you know, into making it different and not sound like the millions of other bands that are out there. You know, I feel, I feel like that's the, that's the fun part about it, you know, is seeing how different you can make it, but still tasteful, still, you know, really good music. Well, you know? also you guys have to play those songs for X amount of days on the road. You got to like what you're playing. Yeah. That, that was, that's another thing too. You know, like I've, I talked to a lot of bands that, you know, that are like are bigger than us and people that I looked up to and they're like, yeah, like I don't even like our music. Like we just play it. I'm just like, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. I was like, I don't know how you can play music that you don't like. You know, like with Hard to Kill, I listen to that album every day. Like, like, so, like, still almost every day I listen to that album because I thoroughly enjoy the music we wrote. You know, so like, 
for someone to be in a band and not like the music they wrote, it just blows my mind. I don't know how they can do it. Yeah, and, and the thing is that bands unfortunately do it for 10 years. They just do the same thing. And, yeah. 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 And they're miserable the whole time. How how did Hard to Kill go for you guys? Did it did it explode enough to, you know, take you another step? You know, are you going up little by little with tours and, you know, all of that stuff? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, we actually just got our first European tour. Fuck yeah. Uh, that, yeah, we'll be announcing later this year. And then uh, we got another bigger tour in the fall. So, like, and I feel like especially with this past year leading up to it, we've just been doing bigger and bigger, cooler stuff, you know. And uh, I've, always, I've always said this to, like, people who, like, someone who wanted to work with us or – you know, a label or someone, uh, a booking agent or someone, you know, we've always, we've never, we've never been a hype band. We've never been that band that like blew up overnight where we were always, we're a slow band, you know, I feel like we build consistent, like very true fans throughout the years, you know? Well, I think that's also essential to, um, any success that you do gain along the way and any... Yeah, longevity. Yeah, well, and also you won't take it for granted. You, you know, you, mm-hmm. you put in the yards yep. and then what you reap, you deserve. Um, yeah. Bands yeah. that blow up overnight end in two years, so... Yeah, you know, and that's no disrespect. Like, if, if someone does blow up and they, they, you know, succeed and they keep going, like, all the power to you, but that's just... That's just not who we are. That's just not the kind of band we were, you know. Hmm. We were just weren't a hype band. Now, I wanted to ask about with you with lyrics. Um, how do you go writing lyrics? Is it an easy process or is it a difficult process? Um, it's it's kind of both. Uh, I'm a really shut in person. I don't. I'm a, I'm a kind of person that it's very hard for me to speak my feelings, speak how. I view things, so I, I it's a lot easier for me to write them down. Mm-hmm. And also, it's I'm really judgmental about my writing, mm-hmm. like with uh, with music. So I go back and I redo stuff a million times because I feel like it's just not it's not right. So I feel like in that aspect it's hard, but in the other aspect it's easy because I like writing stuff down versus speaking them and putting them into words like verbally so 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 lyrically for you it's a a way to vent yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah for sure and i guess being your biggest critic is i guess that's good though you 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 are you're striving for the best thing that you can possibly deliver no yeah yeah i've always if you don't have something to say i don't i feel like you shouldn't be writing lyrics or being a vocalist you know i feel like if you're just if you're doing it just because you're you're good at doing vocals and you you just want the i don't even know what is it attention notoriety yeah attention Mm. you know you want that but not the fucking you don't want to do something with it you don't want your words to pierce through anything you know they're just there and that's not that's not what I, i want them to mean something i want them to stand the test of time you know do you do you find that your lyrics um are quite often um seen in sometimes a different way to what you're writing it as in like you've written a song for you that's about this but then someone says oh this song is about something else 
Does that make sense? Yeah, what saying? That, yeah. that's what I yeah, that's mm. what I love about music because it can be taken mm. any way, you know. And that's what if I write a song that's personal to me and someone's someone uh, listens to it and they take it a completely different direction, but it, you know it helped them or it helped them understand something about themselves or something. You know that that's more power to them because that's that's the beauty of music. You know it could be taken any way. There's no there's no right or wrong way. Now, yeah, spot on. I, I love that. Um, now I wanted to ask some things about kind of like the industry and uh, being in a band in 2019. Um, you know, what's it like for you guys as a hardworking underground independent band? Um, in the current climate are you finding that the power is in your hands to do what you want or is it kind of very much you're struggling to make an impact because there's so much music out there nowadays yeah that is that is a huge thing there's there's a lot of bands there's a lot of music going around but i feel like if if your music's good enough if you're good enough people and you're doing what you should be doing like that shouldn't matter too much you know it shouldn't it shouldn't inhibit you from doing anything with it but uh yeah i feel like it's a lot harder than i thought it would be whenever obviously before i knew anything about the music industry it's uh it's rough and it's tough it'll Mm. it'll switch you out and it you know it you really you have to play by their rules and it's it's hard because you know obviously being in you know metal or hardcore bands you want to rebel against you don't want to like I'm not playing by your rules but a lot of the times you have to because you know they have to say they're the ones that get you on the tours they're the ones that you know they're the ones that give you whatever you know paycheck you get you know so what's it like on the local music scene in America you know with the change of technology in Australia we've seen that less kids go to shows because their thing is, well, I can probably watch it uploaded on YouTube or if it hasn't got this band or that band on it, I'm not going to go. What's it like in America? Are kids turning up no matter what or are they being a bit picky about lineups before they go? Um, I feel like nowadays it's, especially in the last few years, I feel like it's been more so they're going for the whole whole package you know like not not necessarily like oh i love every band on that package but they're still they're still going to shows and especially in the east coast of the u.s it's just i'll say this over and over again the tri-state northeast area has some of the best like local shows because they're the local kids from there are the most supportive like people ever you know so like I feel like in the U.S. it definitely. I feel like shows have increased, if anything. Where I'm seeing more personally, I'm seeing more bands sell out shows and get more kids to shows than not, you know, mm. than bands that shouldn't be doing it, you know. Mm. And um, I'm not sure in Australia is it because you gotta you guys have to drive pretty far. Well, drive, like, drive is an understatement. Um, you know, um, if I wanted to get from my state to the state next door, it's going to take an eight to ten hour drive. Oh, man, yeah. It's, <laughs> that's, that's wild. Um, so it's, and we've got, um, there's a 
one of our states is on the west side of the country and it's on its own. To fly from the east to the west is more expensive than if we went on an international flight. Wow. It's, that's that's nuts. So nobody goes to that state of Perth because they go, well, it costs me more to go to Perth than it does to Indonesia. So they don't get any shows. Um, we're, we're, we're a bit of a unique country at the moment because we have a show on for 20 bucks and it has a lot of good bands. Um, none of them are deemed massive bands. Kids say, well, unless there's a big name on that lineup, I'm not going. So oh, man. It's, we're really, Australia, unfortunately, we have some big bands. You know, we've got Parkway, North Lane, all of this. But they don't, they don't tour Australia much. So our, our local yeah. scene is slowly struggling. So, oh man, that's rough. Yeah, our our uh, our good friends in No Zodiac just went to mm. uh, Australia. It looked like they had a really good time, though. Yeah, they they were down here, but I mean, if if the, someone probably asked them the the honest turnout of shows, it didn't look like turnout was actually of of that good of a thing. Oh, really? And that's that's Australia. It's it. Yeah, yeah. So expensive to come here, but kids are just very picky. Um, yeah. Wanted to ask you about the people liking to throw genre tags on bands now. Um, you know, I find it really funny that if I show someone a band, they go, "Oh, that's that's deathcore," and you go, "Well, it's just it's the, that bit might have been deathcore, but the next bit isn't deathcore." But they want it to be labelled that so that mm-hmm. they can say, "This is this." It can't just be "This is heavy." Um, what what's your thoughts on genre tags and has it has it been something that has possibly stopped people giving you a go? Uh yeah, that that's one thing I absolutely hate. Mm. I mean I hate the whole subgenre kind of stuff. I mean I th- I think that's why we we've never labeled ourselves as anything besides heavy metal. Like if anybody asks me like what genre we like we go to, I say heavy metal. You know, we play metal and it's heavy. And then, but like everybody is so, there's, there, there's a whole tag, like on, uh, when we leave Slappy Tournament, there's this whole thing saying we are Wigger Slam. Wigger Slam? Like, yeah, I was like, what the hell is Wigger Slam? Like, I don't know what you even like, it's just crazy. Like, these people like want to find, find so many different things to like label you as. And I, I just, I just don't get it. I don't get why. And there's a lot of people who don't listen to bands because of their their labeled genre. And that was one thing I wanted to make sure I was like, I was like, I never want to be labeled a genre because I don't want that to prohibit somebody from listening to us because they're like, oh, like that band is, you know, this genre. So I'm not even going to give them a try, mm. you know. Um, what about with, you know, there's so much music out there. Is it hard to stay in people's attention span because and stay relevant because it feels like now that if you're not releasing something um whether it's merch videos songs every couple of months maybe every six months you can start to feel like you're forgotten by some of the some of the fans because they've got spotify now and if if i am isn't releasing new music for the next six months they'll just find another band from poland and suddenly that band's their favorite band the flavor of the month, if, if you know. What yeah, I mean. no, that that's definitely that's definitely a huge thing. You know that that really is. If you're not 
if you're not touring consistently throughout the year, if you're not, you know, like you said, releasing music or videos, you know, especially over the internet, at least, you're definitely going to be forgotten about a little bit, you know? What's the pressure like for you? Because for a band to create good music, it takes time, it takes effort. You know, you got to sit down, give it the attention it needs, but... Are you? Is it possibly that some bands are now not caring about the process and it's like, let's just get a song out there? It doesn't matter if it's good or what, just get it out there. No, there's plenty of bands that do that. And, and that's another thing, too. Like, I feel like people give – people praise and people give credit to uh, not necessarily, like, bad bands or, like, bands that just aren't putting out music that's just going to, you know, last forever. You know, because you you can definitely tell when a band releases something and it's like, okay, this is just a release to release something, you know, and I just I don't see the point in that. I don't think that's a good idea for any band to do. I feel like you should take your time and you need to like you want me personally. I feel like I want someone to listen to, you know, my music, you know, 50 years from now and be like, damn, that still hits. That's still that's still a good album, you know? And that's what, that's what I think everybody's goal should be whenever they're writing music, you know? Yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, make, it, make, it, make it quality over quantity. Yeah, you know, you want, you want your stuff to be timeless. You mm. know, even if, even if I Am never got huge or, like, you know, did crazy stuff, I, I still, you know, I want, you know, Hard to Kill, I want that to be timeless. You know, I want someone to listen to that years from now and be like, I love that album still you know, or their kids, grandkids find it somehow. And they're like, Oh shit, this band was sick. You know? Now, um, with that kind of thing about new music and all that jazz, you did only just release hard to kill last year. So it's maybe a pointless question, but, um, do you feel like there'll be new music late this year? Maybe next year? It sounds like you've got a busy schedule uh, with tours. Yeah. So. Yeah. For sure. We, uh, we're, we're obviously, you know, writing and stuff always, but, Right now, I feel like we're going to be releasing something. And it's not going to be an album for sure later this year. But at the end of the year, we're going to be releasing something. And then uh, early next year, we're going to go into recording again. You know, try to do another maybe, you know, early fall release or something. Maybe summer. Fuck yeah. That's good, man. That's, yeah. that's, that, yeah. I mean... I mean, it's clearly you guys understand the culture, and you know, you got to keep on the grind. Unfortunately, there's no you you can't rest on your laurels. I mean, Hard to Kill is a yeah, you sick re- you rest album. Too long, you get forgotten about. Exactly, Hard to Kill, sick album. But it's like, well, we can't just relax on that for two, three years. We got to step up the yeah. game and bring the next thing. Um, yeah, want to ask you about social media. Mm-hmm. The the bane of every existence it's fucking it's so fucking weird man it's it's essential for a band nowadays um to self-promote and get their name out there but then it's a fucking nightmare with these people who you know you post something up and they decide that their five cents of bullshit is worth ruining this entire post um or they need to go on a youtube video and put a dislike. Well, if you don't, if you dislike it, don't go on the fucking video. Leave it alone. Ignore it. You know, it's that thing of like, if you don't like something, avoid it. It's simple. Um, 
what are you going to say about all this social media chaos? And do you see social media still as a powerful tool for a band? Yes, and yes, I I despise social media. I hate it. The culture of it is it's so it you know it can either it can either make a band or it can destroy a band. You know for sure. You know because like and it's not necessarily something like they could do about it. You know, like there's, there's obviously good marketing. Like you can market yourselves really well. You can do good in that department, but you know, even then if, you know, you get those couple people that comment on your stuff, you know, people listen to the masses, you know, like they're, Mm. you know, we're quote unquote sheep, you know, like we, we follow what other people are doing. So like if, say you see your friend dislike something you're like oh like why do you dislike that oh i think i dislike that now you know so like it's just a it's a big trend that you know goes down a slippery slope and i feel like it's just like it's a mess man it's just it's a mess you know i just fucked. it's it's fucked. but then there's bands that you know there's bands that use it to their advantage mm. you know like I'll, I'll say one like uh we're good friends with uh burials mm-hmm. and they're a great band and i feel like they use their social media advantage because anytime someone's talking shit they just talk shit right back and they put it right back in their face and i love it this shit's hilarious it is it, but I, you know like i said i think they use it to their advantage it is it's a weird place it is a fucking weird place um mm-hmm. yeah i i just I scratch my head. You know, I'm in my mid-30s. Yeah, I always say if I wasn't in a band, I definitely would not have social media, you know. I might have one, like, one form base or whatever, but, you know, I wouldn't have all these other other ones and I wouldn't be posting, you know, because you got to stay relevant to everybody. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird time that we live in. Um, kind of the last question before we start wrapping things up is, what were your goals when you started the band? What did you aim to achieve? And what are your goals now going forward from, you know, March 2019? Okay. Uh, that was a, I feel like my answer is always different whenever we started a band. Whenever we started I Am, I had just been getting into local shows, mm-hmm. you know, and I there was definitely, like, the cool kids in my area that were, like, you know, the cool guys. And so, like... Whenever we started the band, I was like, man, you know, like, I just want to be, I just want to be that band that can go to local shows and like, we pull a crowd and like, I literally just wanted to be that like hometown hero band. I was like, okay, we're like solid in our hometown area, you know, local shows. That's our thing. You know, like we, we pull a huge crowd and do really well. And then as you know, obviously like whenever uh, we got to that point where like, you know, we do really well locally, you know, that was when we started touring heavily, you know, then my goals changed from there. I was like, man, you know, like I want to tour, you know, with this said band, you know, or with this said band, it it got more to, and you know, obviously as we went around the whole U S those were goals too. But once we did that, that turned to, okay, which country I was like, we need to go to this country, you know, we need to go to this country. And then we started touring with some bands that I grew up listening to. Like, you know, we got to tour with the Acacia Strain. Mm. And that was the most, that was the craziest thing in the world to me. Because I, you know, I had so much respect for that band and so much, you know, 
I, I love that band. The fact that we got to tour with them and hang out with them was the craziest thing. And, uh, you know, I, and we're doing that with some of our, uh, uh, the Europeans where we're going to announce it's, you know, a band I always grew up listening to and, you know, loved. And so it's just crazy to me that, you know, we're getting these opportunities. So I feel like now it's definitely more about bands I get to go out with mm -hmm. that. Like, those are the goals that are like, that I'm getting to. And it's just like, man, that's cool. Like I'm, I'm getting to play with these, these guys that I looked up to. Um, last kind of thing is, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of started being in music late. So you've been doing it for a while now. And if there's one or two things that you've learned, whether they were learnt for the better or learnt for the worse, what would you tell yourself before you started the band that you were like that little bit of advice that you needed to know before you got five years into the grind or five or more years into the grind? What would be that one thing that you'd say, hey, dude, you need to know this before you start committing to music? Yeah. Um, oh, man. Before I started playing, I probably would have told myself, uh, you know, write better music. You know, because I feel like that's that, and that's the key point for any band. You know, you want to write the best music you possibly can. You know, so I feel like you know, write better music and don't try to push stuff too soon. You know, because I feel like a lot of bands, and that's why the touring market is shit. You know, because there's there's so many so many smaller bands that are trying. Like they're just like, okay, we just need a tour. We just need a tour. And it's just like, no, no, you don't like you need to get to that spot where you can tour, you know, because you're going to go out and do a tour and you're going to come home feeling broken and discouraged and, you know, all this other stuff. And it's just not it's not good for your band, mm. you know, so I would definitely, definitely tell that to myself for sure. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Now, yeah. dude, what we do when we get to the end of our chats is I do a segment called Pick Your Poison. Now, right. what we do with Pick Your Poison is um, I give you two options. You pick your favorite of the two. So what this is is, you know, we'll kind of see what makes you tick. What do you really right. like in the outside world? Okay. Do you like a pizza or a burger? Pizza. Okay. Chicken or beef? Oh, man. I'm vegetarian now. You can't ask me that. Okay. Um, <laughs> no. Okay. But when I did, when I did eat meat, it was for sure chicken. Okay. Well, we'll give you the vegetarian option. Do you prefer spinach <laughs> or lettuce? Ooh, lettuce. Okay. I hate spinach. Uh, do you prefer Chinese takeaway or Indian takeaway? Oh, man. I'll say Chinese. Okay. Uh, do you prefer a beer or a whiskey? Uh, I don't drink, so I don't know. Wow. Hey, yeah, mad I'm respect, straight, man. Straight mad straight respect. Man. Mad I don't, respect. I don't, I don't know what whiskey tastes like. Hey, lot, mad respect, dude. I, I've been sober for nearly two years now. So. Hey, badass. Good on you, man. Good mad on you. respect. Mad respect. Um, yeah. Do you prefer cooking at home or dining out? Cooking at home. Okay. Do you, prefer, do you prefer to go to the cinema or watch the movie on the couch? Couch. Nice. I love I love cooking dinner and then eating it on the couch watching the movie. Do you prefer the beach or the snow? Beach. Uh surf or ski. Oh shit. 
I've never done either. I'd probably say I feel like I had more fun skiing. Okay. Um, PS4 or Xbox? Dude, I haven't played a game system in five years. I don't know the difference now. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say PS2. Oh, because that, wow, was the, that was the last like okay. I played the Xbox 360, but PS2 was my favorite. Um, cat or dog? I have both, and I love I love them both. But I'll say I'm a dog person for sure. Okay, uh, Batman or Superman? Batman. Uh, Wolverine or Deadpool? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy? Okay, hold on. Let's see. I need to show you this. I'm watching Deadpool oh. right now. Like right before you call it, I was watching Deadpool. <laughs> so I go Deadpool. <laughs> um, Rambo or Rocky? Oh, man. I would say Rocky. That's my favorite series ever. That's my favorite, favorite series. Um, Rambo is too. Terminator or Predator? Predator for sure. Wow, quick love, response on I that. I love Predator so much. Did you like the recent to, I, one? You what? Did you like the the recent remake? No. Oof. It was I I like it was okay like it was like it was all right. Like I'd watch it again, but it definitely wasn't anywhere on the level as the original Predator. The, the, it felt like they were going with it, and then about halfway through, they were like, "Oh shit, we've ran out of money. Let's just get it all over with." Yes, that's exact. That's exactly what it felt like. I was like, "Man, this is just not. It just doesn't. It just doesn't hit." I was like, "Man, this is dumb." Um, Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, yeah, I'm one of those kids that I just never got into either of those. Hey, it's, I, Star Wars, I guess. It's surprising. I'm I'm not either. I don't. I've never watched any Star Trek. I've watched kind of loosely the Star Wars, but people people love it. It's got there's That's, a, yeah. That, those are cult things. You yeah, know? people are crazy about that shit. Uh, Freddie or Jason? Oh man, Jason's badass. That's a mm. big motherfucker. Mm. I love Jason. Yeah, but then Freddie comes and fucks you up in your dreams. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that. I don't dream, so I don't, I don't <laughs> want to know what that like. What's that like? Um, South Park or Simpsons? Uh, shit. I feel like if I were younger, I would have said South Park. But the older I get, the more I like the Simpsons humor a lot more. Yeah, it is. It's a little bit. It's a little bit more. I think mature, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Slayer or Pantera? You can't ask me that, bro. I'm from Texas. I gotta say, Pantera. Good. That that makes me happy. That's the only answer I wanted to yeah. hear. Um, yep. Corn or Limp Biscuit? Corn. Okay. And I was never, I was never huge in Limp Biscuit. Cannibal Corpse or Black Dahlia Murder? Cannibal. Fuck yeah. They're still putting out good shit. Metallica or Megadeth? Oh man. Oh man, that's rough. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say Metallica on that one. Okay. Um, I get to my guitar, so kill me for that one. But Motley, Motley Crue or Van Halen? Uh, I never really got into Motley Crue, and we listened to a lot of Van Halen in the van, so I was Van Halen. Nice. Um, are you a baseball or basketball fan? Uh, I mean, I like to play them, but I don't follow them. 
Wow, that's pretty rare for an American to not follow. Yeah, I'm the only. Anytime I go anywhere, you know, someone's asking me about sports. I'm like, bro, like you're talking to the wrong dude. Like, hey. I don't know. I don't like. Like, I love the sport. Like, I love to play him. Mm. You know, don't get me wrong, but like, I just obviously I haven't had cable or any kind of you know way to watch sports in six or seven years. Yeah, because so, like, it's all it's all never really got into it. You know, you have to pay to watch it over there, don't you? Yeah, it's like That's ridiculous. Uh, well, like they have it on like cable TV after it's already aired, but like uh. for like days of the game, I think you have to like pay for it, like on like the HBO pay-per-view or, you know, whatever. Yeah, so they, they you can watch it for free three hours after the results been posted on Facebook. So Yeah, yeah so it's like, okay, like yeah. why watch it now? Yeah, you know? pointless. Um, mosh pit or up the back enjoying the show? Well, I, you got out there for a Would second. you prefer to go to a concert and watch it from the mosh pit or up the back? Oh, man. Younger me would have said mosh pit. Now me, I say in the back. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you prefer to tour or record? Tour. And the last one the is, would you prefer to own an album on CD, vinyl, or stream? Uh, I'm going to be honest, man. I, I stream everything now. Yeah, I, I stream everything. Hey. I've never, I always wanted a vinyl player, but, you know. I haven't, I haven't gotten one yet. Yeah, see, I've got vinyl, but I don't have a vinyl player. So. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of that. People have yeah. that. I'm like, that's kind of weird. I'm like, okay. It's it's that thing of, like, collection. It's like those albums that are essential for me. I've, yeah. I've got them. I've yeah. never used them, so I don't know why I have them. They're just sitting there collecting fucking <laughs> dust. Um, dude. Hey, but that's the thing, man. That is us done, and fuck yeah, man. Awesome, man. Awesome. I appreciate you giving me a call. I appreciate you taking time out, man. I know you're busy, you know, all this shit going on, but I really appreciate you taking time out for me in the show. Um, Great chat, chilled chat, and I had lots of fun getting it done, man. Yeah, of course, man. Of course. Anytime again, just let me know. And um, hopefully we maybe see you in Australia eventually. You will. Hopefully. You will for sure. And I look forward to whatever you're going to release. And I have a feeling it's going to be NSYNC covers, isn't it? It's going to be an EP of yeah. NSYNC covers. I was a Backstreet Boy kid. Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> I was <a> Backstreet Boy. <laughs> well, I'm in my 30s, so it's new kids on the block for me. So. Oh, yeah, there you go. I, yeah, I was B2K. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, brother, much respect, um, much appreciated. And um, take care. Have a good rest of your day. Yes, sir. You too. I'll see you.
My chat with Andrew from I Am, and at the end there you heard I Am's tracks Paid in Sin and also their track Burn Slow. Both of those are off the band's most recent album called Hard to Kill. So guys, now is your time. Have you checked out Andrew's band I Am? Make sure you get online, make sure you get down to your record store, get on eBay, delve in and discover one of the most hardest working bands, one of the most grittiest dirtiest hardcore bands you'll probably find going around at the moment very good band very underrated thank you again andrew for coming on the mosh zone much love much respect much appreciated and that's it that's the mosh zone episode 63 we're done dusted all wrapped up locked away for this week Guys, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back over future weeks on future episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you as always for tuning in and hope you come back in future weeks. This time of the show is when I remind you that we need your help to get out to more listeners. So if you've got a few moments this week and you enjoyed this episode, share it on your social medias. Also, tell everyone you know about the Mosh Zone. Help us out. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. Also, at this time of the show, I need to remind you that if you want to find Mosh News and Mosh Reviews, we have it all on our website and social medias. Our website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, don't forget... You can also get in touch through our email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch, guys. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. There's not much else to talk about. That is all of my rambling done. 
Thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the pitch.